In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, in the gospel lesson for today, Jesus heals 10 lepers, but only one goes back to thank him. And we can learn a lot from this historical account. Uh, So first, I'm going to preach about what we learned from those nine ungrateful ones who left Jesus. And second, I'm going to preach about what we learned from that one Samaritan who returned to Jesus. And finally, I'm going to preach about what we learn from Jesus, namely what kind of God he is and what he desires the most. So first, the nine unthankful ones. They all cried out to Jesus and then they were healed and they got what they wanted. But then they went on their way. I preached about this at length uh, last year, but the point is this, that they saw Jesus merely as a means to an end, as a way to get something. So they loved their health or their bodies more than the Lord. And so after they leave Jesus in the dust, we hear some heartbreaking words from Jesus' mouth. Uh, This is when he says, were not 10 of you cleansed, where are the other nine? And this is tragic. Out of the 10, nine of them didn't even thank him for healing them and giving them life. But Jesus healed them anyway. And it revealed that they had an even worse problem, which was ingratitude. Their thanklessness was actually worse than the leprosy that they had. Now, just imagine, just imagine this. These nine uh, who did not thank Jesus will see him again. And they will see him on the last day. And there he will appear as their judge and Jesus won't ask these words in vain. He's going to look at each one of them and ask them, where were you? Where did you go? I healed you. I gave you life. I gave you everything. And why didn't you come back? Why didn't you just thank me? See, not thanking God is not just a rude thing to do. It's a sure and certain sign that there is no true or saving faith. God sees you all here in church right now. But he asks, where are the other nine? Where are the rest? Has no one come back to give thanks except you? Why won't they thank God? What are they doing? They're living life, enjoying the blessings of God and from him. But so few actually turned around to come back and thank him. How tragic is it going to be on the day of judgment? Jesus will say, look, we're not all of you given life. Didn't I bless all of you with food and drink? Didn't I give you clothing and shoes and house and home and wife and children and everything you have? Didn't I heal your diseases? Didn't you recover from things? Didn't you have life and breath in your lungs? Didn't I give you food and and memories in this life? Didn't I lay down my life for you and wipe away every, uh, every sin that you had? Didn't I bleed out and die with you on my mind? Was I not here in church Sunday after Sunday giving you peace and pardon with my very body and blood? But where were you? Where did you go? Those who have willfully chosen to not come where Jesus is today and thank him, those who have chosen to go on with their life, just simply put, don't have faith in Jesus. They're not thankful to him. It's not that Jesus does not love them. It's that this is a sure sign that they don't love Jesus. 
It's not that Jesus does not want to see them. It's that they don't want to see him. Now, the reason people don't come to church and thank God is simply because they don't have this faith. They might know that there's a God, but true faith doesn't just know that God exists. True faith thanks him and acknowledges him for what he's done. Now, before we talk about what we learned from the, uh, the, the Samaritan, I want to take a brief moment here to give you a warning uh, about becoming ungrateful. Uh, now, many of those who are ungrateful now to God, that is, who no longer even come to church to hear his word or thank him, were at one time thankful to him. That is, they used to thank him. But somewhere along the line, they turned around and they never came back. Ultimately, they became ungrateful or complacent and they started to take everything for granted. And you see this, that you see that they complain more. They're overall downcast and discontent with life. They don't think God is doing enough. He isn't providing enough. He isn't helping enough. He's not defending them enough. He's not loving enough. He's not tolerant enough. He's not kind enough. Whatever God does, they're angry with him because he's not doing enough. He hasn't given enough. And when this happens, when someone is ungrateful for this life, it's because their faith is either dying or, or already dead. Now, this is the warning. If this can happen to others... It can certainly happen to you. You may be thankful today, but this does not mean you don't need to thank him tomorrow. You have to guard your heart from becoming cold and callous and unappreciative and unthankful. And so I want you to be on guard against this. And I want you to really pay attention to what I'm about to say. This means stop complaining. Stop complaining, period. It is not good. If you give in to it, it could ultimately kill your faith. Look, there are some who receive thousands and thousands of blessings from God. And then the second that a little bit of evil comes their way or the second they're met with some sort of inconvenience, then they start to complain to no end. I, I've, I've noticed this in our culture that uh, our culture has turned complaining into some sort of virtue, right? So complaining is like the newest good work or it's the, 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 the in thing to do. So I think that people imagine that if you complain about something, then it makes you look smart because you obviously found the fault in it and therefore you could do it better, right? Uh, so it's cool to complain about work. Right? <laughs> or complain about marriage, or complain about your kids, or your food, or the government, and so on. But this is wrong. Complaining doesn't mean that you're smart. It means that you're ungrateful. It means you're not thankful for what you have. It means that you think deep down inside you deserve better. As Christians, the point is we shouldn't be like this or imitate it. Faith does the opposite of this. Faith gives thanks to God. And that's what the Samaritan did. And that's why you're here today. Jesus has given you faith to believe in his word. And that is why you've come back now. In fact, remember what you said at the very beginning of the service, those jarring words. You said, I, I, uh, I confess that I am a poor, miserable sinner. 
who deserves both temporal and eternal punishment. Christians confess that they're sinners. And that's why Christians are to be thankful. Because they know that they haven't earned or deserved anything from God. We believe that our entire life, your entire life, no matter how difficult it may be or it has been or is going to be, is still going much better than we deserve. No matter how difficult your life is, it is better than we actually deserve. We know that everything in this life, including life itself, is a great and glorious blessing and gift from God. Those who know their sinfulness, those who know they don't even deserve to live, are thankful. They're appreciative of life. Thanking God is the greatest gift of faith. And that is the greatest thing that you can do in your flesh. Psalm 50 tells us, uh, it teaches us that God is always giving, but there's nothing that God is receiving. He doesn't, he doesn't need anything. He doesn't take anything. He doesn't have to. He owns everything. And that's what Psalm 50 is about. Israel came to God with bulls and cows. And what did God say? He said, well, every beast of the forest of the field is mine. And you come to me with cattle but I have cattle on a thousand hills. You, you have money? Well, the silver and gold is already mine. Who do you think made them? If you were hungry, do you think I would tell you? Could you do something about it? So the whole, the whole psalm is saying, look, you cannot give anything to God except for one thing. It ends with this. It end, the psalm ends by saying, the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. That's it. That is the best thing that you can give to God. The only thing, in fact, you can give to God is thanks. Giving thanks to God is the best thing you can do in your flesh, not offering, not sacrifice, not good works, not volunteering or anything else. The best thing you can do is simply to say thank you to God, to thank him for and acknowledge what he's done. That's it. The thing that God delights in most is your thanksgiving because he wants you to know that everything you have comes from him and he wants you to know that it comes from him so that you would come back to him when you need it again. To give thanks is simply acknowledging that God has given you something without merit or worthiness in you. Now, as soon as I say this, I know you're thinking, well, uh, you may think, yes, I'm thankful, but I don't think I'm thankful enough. I haven't thanked God as much as I should. And that may be true. In, in fact, it is true. You have not thanked God as much as you should. The most thankful Christian in the world has simply only begun to give thanks to God for what he's done. Now, being a Christian doesn't mean that you're perfectly thankful for everything that God has done. Being a Christian means that while you are thankful, you also realize that there's no possible way that you can ever stop thanking him. Being a Christian means you begin thanking him and never end. Being a Christian means that you know that God is more gracious to you than you can ever even acknowledge or say. He has been more gracious to you before you could thank him. He's gracious to you even when you cannot thank him, even when you don't. And he wants you to know 
that you are to keep coming back. So let me put it this way. Jesus wasn't simply sad because those other nine were being rude by not saying thank you. Even if they did come back, they still wouldn't have thanked him enough, right? How could they? Rather, Jesus was sad because those nine left too early. He was sad because he wanted them to come back. They asked too little of Jesus. They only asked for mercy for their bodies, but Jesus wanted to give them more. It's as if Jesus said, look, where did you go? I have more. I have more than just this healing to give you. I have more than just this to give you. Here, have my name, have my kingdom, have my righteousness, my forgiveness, my body and my blood. It's for you. All of it is for you. The miracle, this miracle you see, is only the beginning, the start of what I want to give you. I want to give you myself and all I have. See, Jesus didn't want to just heal their bodies. He wanted to heal their souls. He wanted to give them more than they were willing to even ask for, more than they were even daring to claim. And we know that Jesus wanted to give them more because that's what he did for the one who came back. To that Samaritan, to the one who came back, Jesus gave even more than he ever asked for. That Samaritan asked for mercy on his body, but Jesus looked at him with love And said, your faith has saved you. In other words, you deserve leprosy, but I've taken that away. And you deserved hell, and I've taken that away too. And in place of those things, I've given you my kingdom, my righteousness, every ounce of blood in my body. Have me, let me take your place on that cross. Let me take uh, your place in the condemnation of God. Let me raise you from the dead. Let me wipe away every tear from your eyes. Let me give you everlasting life. And this is what Jesus has done for you, for you who like that Samaritan have come back. Jesus has not only given you every temporal gift you have in this life and every day and second of your life, but he also gives you every second of eternity and the entire kingdom of heaven. God finds no joy in just giving things to you once. His desire is to open the floodgates of heaven and pour down every blessing on you. And this is what God wants the most, to give and to never stop. This is what gives him so much joy. He pours down every blessing on you in baptism, in his word, in the Lord's Supper, and he is not finished. Don't think that this is the end of what the Lord is giving. He gives this to you week after week and Sunday after Sunday. He does not measure his love for you. So dear saints, Jesus has given you so much, but he still has so much more to give. Everything he has ever given you in this life is still only the beginning of what he has in store. He's planned to give you far more than you can even ask for or think or imagine. He who didn't spare his only begotten son but gave him up for you, how will he not also give you all things? How can we thank him enough? Even if we spend the rest of eternity thanking him, it still won't be enough time to thank him rightly. And yet for those of you who come here with faith in your heart and thanksgiving on your lips, 
he will not hold one sin or moment of ingratitude against you. He has forgiven it all. He's covered every moment of discontentment with the blood gushing from his heart. No matter how much or little you have, you are rich beyond compare. You have more blessings from Jesus than you will ever be able to count. So no matter how much he's already given you, how much you have or haven't thanked him, no matter if you've turned your back to him a thousand times before, turn around and come back because the Lord will not turn you away. Knowing that he has much more to give you, he has more grace and mercy for you. So fall at your feet, at the feet of Jesus. Fall on your knees and receive what Jesus has desired to give you so much here again today, his very body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Amen. Hear the words of this hymn. Then for all that wrought my pardon for your sorrows deep and sore, for your anguish in the garden, I will thank you evermore. Thank you for your groaning, sighing, for your bleeding and your dying, for that last triumphant cry, and will praise you, Lord, on high. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.